the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. Entertains. I'm Jewel Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson, Jake Galley. Crunch the numbers in the back. We got Stat Matt. First and foremost, uh, I'm going to welcome myself back because I've been out sick for a little bit. Uh, It's been the holidays. Damn, guys. Happy 2020. Um, I'm going to apologize again in advance if you hear me coughing. We've been here done the 2020 thing. You're late to the party. Say Happy New Year. If y'all miss me, what's up? We did miss you. It's hard sitting in that freaking seat, man. I hope so. All right, guys. This past week in sports, Serena Williams wins the ASB Classic in Auckland, ending her three-year title drought. The Minnesota Twins and former MVP Josh Donaldson agreed to a four-year, $92 million contract. Future Hall of Fame tight end Antonio Gates has announced his retirement from the NFL. He finishes seventh all-time in receiving touchdowns. Panthers all-pro linebacker Luke Keekley announces his retirement from football at age 28. Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced its 2020 class. Former Cowboys head coach Jimmy Johnson former Steelers head coach Bill Cowher, and former Eagles wide receiver Harold Carmichael are among the inductees. Yeah, and it's a shame because, like, former Raiders players get screwed and former Raiders players and coaches get screwed from from the Hall of Fame, which they did this past year. But, I mean, there's a lot of good inductees in this class, Mm -hmm. a lot of good ones. Sixers All-Star center Joel Embiid announced his signature shoe from Under Armour will be dropping this fall. Holy shit, that is very cool. I will be copping. I don't care what it looks Jake, like. They will be so I'm big and bulky come... on your feet, like they're made for centers, not made for it's slight. Like slight I am the heart like of a six ten person <laughs> in a five ten man frame. Gotcha. It's unfortunate. Here's a fact straight at you: the nineteen nineteen White Sox purposely lost the nineteen nineteen World Series after being bribed by gamblers. Eight players were banned for life. Is the Astros scandal the worst cheating scandal since then? I, I don't. I don't think it can be worse than that. Dude, they threw the World Series. Right, to, throwing to the World Series. It's, it's a little different. Just Shula's Joe's team. Like that's One a is like team. for financial gain. The other one is literally like cheating. Again. Like, I, like to me, this is really the worst. I, I, I don't know. Like this is unreal. The White especially, Sox or the Astros? Especially if Cora brought it. The Astros. If Cora really? brought it to Boston, he should. he deserves to be viewed as like the most maligned figure in MLB history. Oh, my God, Jake. Like, you, like, he slaughtered children. Dude. Like, He's doing this on the way to two World Series, and we'll get to what should be done about the Astros World Series in a little bit. But, like, it it affects not only the fact that they won the World Series. It taints, taints numbers. It taints his players' numbers. It taints the, the pitchers that went up against him. They're going to have to go into free agency with balloon numbers. He's costing them money. And then, of course, all the bonuses you get for winning the World Series. Also, I'd like to point a spotlight on our guy, uh, Mattress Mac. Did you see him where the Astros were going on their run? <laughs> he was putting like $3 million bets yeah, down. Yeah, come on, man. This MF come probably on, engineered this entire thing. If it find, if I find out Mattress Mac is involved what in this. Do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's fly down to Houston <laughs> and burn his mattresses. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody sleeping in Houston now because right. you want to win back. All of his mattresses, damn right. Um, I, I will say this. Now, Alex Cora, when he, when he went to the Red Sox, they are like the Red Sox are now under investigation as they should be by the MLB. Nothing right now has come of it except for the fact that just Alex Cora himself has gone to the Red Sox. And then, of course, they win a World Series the next year is what raises all the red flags on and about it. I'm not sure if he brought that. To the Red Sox, Red Sox have gone worst to first a bunch of times in history. But I do completely agree that it, it probably is the worst cheating scandal since that 1919 World Series with the White Sox. And it's definitely the worst cheating scandal in sports of the last decade of the 2000s or whatever. Like, it's the, the what, what the Astros did systematically cheating, systematically stealing signs on the way to a championship ring is crazy. And it's not like football where you cheat for one game and then, you know, you beat that team, move on. This is seven, five and seven-game series that you're winning. And it's a huge, in my opinion, it is a huge edge knowing what's coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people, the debate was pinned up against the PED era, and I found it interesting, um, a show that I produced for Home and Home had Brad Lidge on uh, to talk about the scandal, Mm -hmm. and Brad Lidge actually said that this is not 
as impactful as PEDs were. He said PEDs were worse, which to me is ridiculous. I, I mean, like pitchers can do PEDs and hitters can do PEDs where everyone in the league was doing PEDs. For this specific scandal, this only benefited the Astros and no one else had that edge. And you're powerless against it. And for, I also, if, you, if you're doing yeah. PEDs, to your point, I mean, if you're going to do PEDs, all right, fine, to, have to level the playing field, I'm going to do PEDs and, and make it fair again. If 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 I'm the pitcher and you're stealing my signs and I don't know that you're stealing my signs, I'm powerless against it. There's nothing I can do against it. I'm uh, throwing you a pitch that you know is coming and where. I forget who it was. I forget which pitcher it was, but there was a breakdown on Twitter of, of one of the pitchers noticing the banging and called out the catcher. They changed up their signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like this happens, right? Because the Phillies were caught stealing signs with uh, from the bullpen, and players go back and use that technology to watch their bats back again. The problem is when it becomes live time, real time, he's throwing the pitch, bang, 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 it's a curveball, mm. and you know as it's coming. Here's what I will say. I mean, I, I, I play ba- – I mean, we all – baseball is one of the sports that when you're three, four, five years old, they ever, everyone plays, right. everyone's played it. So everyone's played baseball from, you know, when they're young. And I was fortunate enough to play baseball up until my senior year of high school. I played it my entire life. I was 12 years old and people were stealing signs. Like, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, stealing signs is like a part of baseball. It's one of those. It's one of those advantages that you just try to gain on the other team. Now, was it blown out of proportion? Is it to this scale that the Houston Astros did to a 2017 World Series? Not even close. But I remember being 12, 13 years old, being on one of my All-Star teams, and if if I'm at second base, if I like hit a double and I'm on second base, and in. I see the the catcher go like this and put a one down, I'm going to, like I have some sign to my bat. It's like oh, a fastball's coming. It's it's much easier to do. Doesn't cost as much, but I mean that's it's it's unfortunately it's it's what's there. It's what's been groomed. Now the Astros what, took it to a new level. What costs? Uh, I mean, is but a penny to the billionaire owner the five mil that you know they mm-hmm. were fined. Um, the franchise itself is worth one point eight billion I'm reading right now dropping the bucket um, there but that right. was the maximum fine allowed so I'm just wondering you know obviously they have such a uh poor poor ego now mm. I mean just with everything happening like everyone's just gonna be like the Astros are fucking they're, they're losers, dogs. Losers. Yeah. yeah lack of better terms but I that what's what sticks out more to me than even the money fine is the loss of the two picks that they're going to endure for the next two seasons and I think that's that's a punishment to me versus the the money. Absolutely, I mean, it, it, baseball is the the sport where your farm system, your your minor leagues matters the most, and you're not. The Astros have a great young core, have a great core. You're not going to be good forever. You're not going to have those same people there forever. <laughs> Her, you know. Prospects are everything in baseball, you, and the MLB knows that. The MLB knows that what we can really hurt you is in your farm system and take prospects and picks away from you that you can't groom anymore. That's that's going to hurt a little bit. I completely agree, and I'm sure the Astros are feeling that. So, and, and obviously, like that's I, I'm I don't know about you guys. I'm totally fine with the punishments that they gave them. Mm-hmm. I think that they were just. Um, there's one step further that I think a lot of fans wanted to see. I personally don't know if it matters or not, and that would be stripping away that World Series, having it be void just like they did to Ryan Braun and his MVP when they found Reggie out LeBron was on PED. Re- right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to college, it happens all yeah, the time. All the time, yeah. Uh, not so common in professional sports, but I, to me, I don't know how much it matters. I wouldn't, if they if they take it away, okay, like, that, that's probably like the cap of the punishment, like that should be right. the cherry on top maybe, and that, that you know, they finally serve their due, but Really, what's it like? Those people celebrated. Those people felt That's the joy. The, the money is spent. Hey, we get, I mean, it doesn't happen in American sports, but it does happen in like European soccer. Oh yeah, all the time. Don't, don't take it away. Right, and, we'll, and we'll put it. We'll put that. We'll put that in the context. But I, I ask you this question. Like for the for the Reggie Bush scandal, does Reggie does Reggie Bush not have a Heisman? Do you? Reggie Bush has a Heisman to me. Yeah, like because the. But that's a different scandal because USC. All they did is pay for his mom to have an apartment close by. That's true. That's true. I'm talking. I'm talking about just the 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 punishment. It's a little bit apples to oranges, but the punishment is the same. If you strip that title away, you strip the Heisman to, away. To me, it doesn't make a difference. So it doesn't make a difference. We won the World Series. You Those teams that. lost. You felt that already. No one else won. Does it, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Does it make? 
You know, does it, does it make anybody else happy? I forget, why am I blanking on who they beat in the 2017 World Series? Dodgers. The Do- does it make the Dodgers happy? The Dodgers are like, oh, do we get that Correct. ring now? Like, no. You don't, like, yeah, yeah, you don't nothing you don't, changed. You, you still lost. You still but. get it. Right. So like, does it make them happy? No. Does it? And that's I think that's the question you have to ask yourself if you're opposing teams, if you're opposing fan bases, is if they strip that title away, does it make you feel better about it, about right. the situation? Not, not, not really. I, I still lost. I would say... It's one I would feel better if it was a void title than if the Astros. Because and and I think a lot of people feel that way because at least when people 50, 60, 70, look, we are a hundred years removed just about from the White Sox scandal and everything that was levied and everything that was made um, from that. The eight players banned for life. They didn't have to. I mean, obviously it's different because they lost intentionally. But like, I think you can make this right by either stripping the title or you ban. Hinch and Cora for life, the people who came up with it. I think it's tough to go after specific players, and for that reason, some of them will skate by. Um, but I think, I, too, if you strip the title, that's showing other teams who, let's be real, probably have tried. There, yeah, there's well, obviously sure teams out like there who have tried it. It's like, hey, look, we're not we're not screwing around here. You're going to get the same hand slap, if not worse, if this happens again. It's funny because I think it's it's that angle and it's the angle of the MLB saying if you're going to do it, be better. Like, don't right. don't let us catch you. Because, right. like, if you're if you're the MLB, if you're the front office and you're the commissioner's office, you have to know that they're not the only team doing this. Like, you you sure. cannot be that naive and not that, not that oblivious. So it's a huge message. It's an example. If you're going to do it, you got to be way slicker than this, bucko. Way slicker than this. And before we move on, I know we talked about the White Sox, but I think the the only thing that's really comparable in recent memory is 2005 Juventus um, in the Italian, the, the top league in Italy, won the league while bribing the refs. Their title was stripped and they were relegated as a punishment. Now, the second place team, oh, yeah, oh, no, 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 the pun- second place team doesn't get to celebrate either. They were also implicated in the scandal, bribing refs, so the title was given to the third place, Inter uh, Milan. And if so I'm, that's way to back into the title. But if I'm Inter, like, ah, oh, I don't want this. Like, <laughs> I got blood. Like, no. Whatever. I mean, it's a little different. If the, refs, if the refs are, are, like, to me, beyond, like, cheating like the Astros did, like, bribing the refs and the refs calling the game a certain way is, like, the ultimate form of, of sports cheating, in my opinion. So yeah. I have no, I have well, no problem Well, you that. literally can't do anything. Like, that's they are the gatekeepers. So you can't, if, you're, if you can't beat the refs, you can't beat right. the other team. I think the biggest tragedy of all this is after Game 5 of the 2017 World Series, Clayton Kershaw was lambasted for choking, blowing a game where his team had the lead. I mean, look. And he, then it just comes up. Oh, he had no chance, essentially. Yeah. Well, they knew what he was throwing. In that in that 2017 postseason, his ERA in Minute Maid Park in the Astros Park was 11.57. Now, I know Clayton Kershaw doesn't have the greatest postseason ERA, <laughs> but a damn near 12 postseason ERA is crazy. And I think it's, it, there might have been some digging that happened after that. Because you look at an all-time great pitcher like Clayton Kershaw, you're like, this man was giving up an right, average of 12 runs when he went out on the mound. There's something, something's wrong. Something, something's yeah. going on. That, that can't be right. Overall, to sum up, I don't necessarily think this is the end-all be-all for the Astros, but it obviously does present some problems for them in the future um, for the next, I'd say, four to five years. They'll get but, a new manager, they'll uh, retool, they still got young players. Exactly. Um, moving on to the conference championships in the NFL. Since 1990, when the conference championship game is a rematch, the winner in the last meeting is 23-14. and 14. That's .622 winning percentage in the title game. The 49ers beat the Packers 37-8 in Week 12, and the Titans beat the Chiefs 35-32 in Week 10. What do I'm, we think? I'm, I'm not sure. Like, at some point, the Titans' run's got to come to an right, end, that's right? That's a good yeah, like, Let's start on the AFC side because— like, that's much easier, some, that's much easier it's to feel bad. It's very absurd what's been going on in the AFC. Right. What the hell's wrong with them? <laughs> that, that, you, have, you have no right. You have no right <laughs> to be beating the teams that you're beating. I mean, uh, the Chiefs game, Chiefs-Texans was one of the most— entertaining games and it's hilarious because uh i forget exactly where i was i was with sarah we were out and i look at my phone i'm on my way back i'm like oh i wonder what's going on in the game and it was 21 nothing texans and i was like holy shit what's going on i get home and obviously the rest is history right i mean i'm watching this game and so the texans score first and you're like all right well here comes the response but the chiefs doesn't happen that was a hell dude like, texans get a short 20 field point differentiation yeah, like, in that game that that's some shit i mean it was that, even a little bit close and then to watch the chiefs put up 51 in three quarters after start like 
Put, putting up 51 and three quarters if you started out hot is like, damn, they just got really hot. To start out with an egg, with a goose egg, and then all of a sudden turn it off for 51, I've never seen a game flip on its head so first quickly game, in my first life. First game in NFL history where a team was down by 24 points in the first half and then wound up leading the game at halftime. Yeah, yeah that, that's, and that's, that's crazy. That, that's the Chiefs in a nutshell, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, the defense has always been suspect. The offense is absolute dynamite. I know that they were touting that they were the best second quarter team in the NFL, and it obviously showed. Well, last week was the first playoff game Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown in the first half. He, wow. he had gone touchdown list in the first half in three postseason games until then, which is, if you think about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's insane. They've fallen on behind, they've fallen behind by 14 and then by 24 in their last two playoff games. Now, some of it has got to be the Chiefs, you know, turning it on and getting hot, but some of it has to be on the Texans falling apart. They nearly blew the game against the Bills. They did what they, they did what they tried to do to blow the game against the Bills, and then they ended up doing it against the Chiefs. I think a moment that got really blown out of proportion, and I don't think Bill Brown, Bill O'Brien is a bad coach like for that coach. team. I, and a even worse GM, which they're keeping him at. That's another story. But he is getting a lot of flack for not going for it. When you're up 21 nothing, he kicks the field goal to make it 24 nothing. How about this? Here's a little suggestion. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no, I'm not an NFL coach. Don't let up 41 unanswered points and you might be okay. And you might be cool. <laughs> you might be all right if <laughs> that doesn't cool. happen. The is more indefensible than that. That the is fake the fake punt is where he should get slammed for. Then you go for the fourth and inches. And but well, you don't be aggressive when you're at the 13, but you're at the aggressive when you're own 30. When you're up 17, what are you doing? What I what I will say is that if he does go for it, like let's say they go and get it 20, then they end up scoring. It's 28 to nothing. You you don't you probably don't fake that punt, right? That probably never happens. You probably don't let the momentum slip back into. So maybe there's two sides of it, but. I, I don't know. If I were De- Deshaun Watson, I would be meeting with the GM to say we I'd need be a kicking new doors down. He is the oh my GM. God. That's I'd the be meeting with the owner to say we need a new I GM. I can't wait till coach. Jake gets red. I love when Jake gets red. <laughs> it's unreal. I'd be red if my coach and GM was Bill O'Brien. How about that? Your coach and GM at one point was Chip Kelly. Did that make you red? Yes, I was very red. <laughs> but very upset. What, what people, people kept asking me a lot this week. How does that happen? How does a team, one, Flip the script so quickly like that, and two put up 51 straight in three quarters when the offense looked so bad and the defense was getting shredded. And special teams, you forget that there's three phases. Was it 51 straight? No, st- I'm sorry, 51 and three quarters. 41, 41 and answer. Let's point out why the defense was getting shredded. Uh, I'm reading here that Pat Mahomes now has eight touchdown tosses, 894 yards, and no interceptions in three postseason contests. Only him and Roethlisberger have done that. Uh, to get their teams to the AFC Championship game. That, that's jerk. pretty, he's, he's, he's and, fire. And, and so much of the offensive game, the passing game is a rhythm. It's like shooting a sure. jump shot. Like once once you get in a rhythm, once that basket looks big, there's not a shot I can't make. Once Patrick 100%. Mahomes starts feeling that, once his receivers get in a rhythm, there's not a throw it's he can't make. It's very easy for him to get in that groove and, too. And, and it's yeah. just so natural. And because he makes some throws where he throws the ball up and you're like, there's no chance that gets complete. He's just throwing it in the well, air. They're just and, so, he's just, and he's just, someone's there. Like what are you going to, and we'll, we'll see because Dean Pease Shout out to the defensive coordinator for what he did against Baltimore. We'll get to that in just a second. But this is going to be the theme the rest of the off or the rest of the postseason for me is looking at the weapons that Kansas City has on all three levels. You want to go deep, you've got uh, Tyreek. You want to go intermediate, you've got two great receivers, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, two guys who, who can get it done. And then, really, I mean, I'm going to say short, but. Kelsey gets it done all over the field. That guy is insane. Definitely the best tight end in football. So versatile. Kittle. um, No, he's better than Kittle. I think he's better than Kittle. And I know Kittle can block, and that's a plus. And we'll talk about Kittle in in a little bit as well. But for the offense that Travis Kelsey is in, he fits too perfect into that scheme. But let's talk about the Titans a little bit. He had a knee problem, though, didn't he? Uh, at Kelsey hamstring at halftime, Kelsey. Right, and I, I think he, but he ended up coming back into he that came, game. Came back, yeah. That's enough of that side of the AFC. Let's look at the other side with the Titans. The shocker of the postseason, the shocker of the divisional round, beating Baltimore in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson did not look like himself. I mean. He looked like Lamar Jackson the last time he was in the playoffs. <laughs> it's not good. Not, which is not good. And it's funny because you look at the end, you know, his, his end product, his end stats, 
And if you're someone like me who didn't get to watch the entire game, I'm looking at the stats, I'm like, oh, man, still kind of balled out. I mean, you had the three turnovers, which is bad, but still had over 100 yards on the ground, like 138 yards on the ground, 300 yards through the air. He was still doing his thing, but it's the exact opposite of kind of what we were talking about with Patrick Mahomes, where you see Patrick Mahomes look complete in rhythm. Lamar never looked, that offense never looked in rhythm. And I think it was one thing, we talked about how well the Ravens ran the ball throughout the regular season, and I think that injury to Mark Ingram lingered way more mm-hmm. than people were going to anticipate because when 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 the Ravens are going on their offense, they're running the ball so well. Even when they're behind, they can stick to it and stick to running the ball. They abandoned the run game so quick because I don't think they were they were confident in Markham's ability to tote the rock anymore. Yeah, right. He had that big wrap on him and massaging himself on the sideline the whole time. Right. Speaking of running the ball, obviously Derrick Henry, this is now going to be a weekly occurrence until they're knocked out. 23 carries, 188 yards. This is actually in the Week 10 matchup, but he's been going off all postseason long. Um... The fact that Ryan Tannehill hasn't yet completed over 10 passes. Like, come on. And like, they've come on. probably the two best. I mean, I guess, like, I know the Chiefs are probably a top two team just based off of that. I mean, they are based off seeding. But beating New England is a statement. And then beating Baltimore, who is right the odds-on favorite, right is an after. even bigger statement. And the fact that they've been able to do it in the passing era without a passing attack. I'm, my, my hat's off I to those guys. Those two touchdown passes Tannehill threw early in the game were really good passes. They I were really good. The first touchdown was an incredible catch, but it's still a good pass. And then the bomb deep to make it 14 nothing and really scare the Ravens. And then you can just give it to Derek the rest of the game. Yeah, once you get in control, like it's with the Titans game plan is is really like it's it's really good. They have a blueprint. Get in control, and we have a we have a game Can't plan get behind. that when we're yep. in, but that when we're in control, we there's no that like, it's really hard to get it from us. Like we we just have the driver's seat now. Right. Keep in mind too, he spent the entire off season, uh, preseason, and start of the regular season as a backup. So I think that's a lot of getting there psychologically uh, when it comes to this stage in the season. You talked about it last week. You give both Tannehill and Mike Vrabel credit for Mike Vrabel saying, like, look, I know we have Marcus Mariota, who's supposed to be our franchise quarterback. You're not getting the job done. So we're going to have to make a, we're gonna have to make a move here and put a guy in there and credit to Ryan Tannehill for not being afraid to step in it and, and move the rock. Two wins away from winning a Super Bowl in Miami. Yeah, that would be, oh man, that's a tough pill to swallow for Miami fans. But uh, looking at the stats, and credit to Stat Matt, our guy at the beginning of the season said the Titans would make the postseason, and we clowned him. And now they're in the championship game. Death taxes, (laughs) Titans go 9 7. Stat, you don't. Yo, I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the Stat Matt pudding. DVOA. Titans are fourth in weighted DVOA. The Chiefs are third. Hold on to DVOA, man. Hold on to it (laughs) because it's doing wonders for you. I cannot believe you called that. Like, that's insane. That's insane. I'm like, not. Are you shocked? Like, this kid's a walking encyclopedia. For the Titans, I am. Dictionary, predictor, whatever. I'm going to have to give him a little extra clap, but you're right. Sorry to cut you off, Jake. Despite being 9 7, they say the Titans were fourth and weighted DVOA. The Chiefs are third. Um, But, you know, even before that is the emergence of Derrick Henry, which which puts a whole new wrench in this thing. And, And when we look at them going up against each other, what what's your read on this game here? I mean, my read is. Both teams are gonna have to are gonna have to stick to what they do best. Like both teams, I think the Titans are more likely. It's to, gonna be hard to do. It's gonna be hard to do. The <laughs> Titans are more harsh. likely to do it. But with, if you're the Chiefs, you cannot be intimidated by one how how long the Titans are gonna have the ball for. You can't you can't be intimidated by it and try to. You have to stick to your high powered offense. You're gonna have to make the Titans score more points than they want to score. That's what you're gonna have to do to win this game. It's not about oh our defense needs to get a stop. Oh our defense needs to get the ball back. No, you have to make the Titans always play catch up because if the Titans are always having to keep pace with you, they're not gonna be able to hold the ball and run the ball for as long as they want to. They're gonna have to air it out at some point. And that's not what they want to do. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to get ahead, and then it's gonna have to be a marathon or have to be a sprint. Like whoever gets to the finish line. Yeah, first. I think this is a bad matchup for the Titans. I, I mean, obviously, I think the Chiefs are just the better team the titans are the more momentous team they're the more momentous team and i like i like we like the narrative i know but at a certain point ryan Tannehill can only take you so far no matter how good he looks no matter how well your team is played and i ultimately think that this will come down to the two quarterbacks looking at those two quarterbacks by the way mahomes and Tannehill, they rank second and third among quarterbacks in epa per play so 
look, efficient, Tannehill, efficient. Tannehill has been uh, has been obviously the best year of his career. He's been unreal for them to get them to this point. I just think he comes up short in this game. I mean, he, he's. I, I don't. I don't disagree, and I don't. That's not to say he doesn't play well. Not necessarily says he played bad, but I think he comes up short. He's. You're, this is a team where you. The first two games of the playoffs, the Titans got to play a Patriots team who wasn't scoring the ball a lot anyway. He wasn't playing right, very right good into on the offense. Titans hands. That's yeah, what the Titans right. want. And then you played a second team who likes to run the ball too. So now it's who can run the ball better. My running back is huge and healthy. Your running back is smaller and hurt. So I'm going to run the ball better this game. I'm going to win. Now they're going up against a team who directly op- opposes that in the Chiefs, and I just don't think they can keep pace. I don't, I don't think so. Let's hop over to the other game now. Despite both teams going 13-3 and during the regular season, the Packers rank 15th in weighted DVOA while the 49ers are 5th. Are these advanced stats underestimating the Packers? Look, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm putting me being she, a fan aside. She jumped right into no, this thing. No, look, I, I am really excited about this game. Uh-huh. I think it's going to be a showdown. I really do. I think it's going to be very, I don't think it's going to be like the week prior. I think it's, not not even with these guys, I apologize, the game we were just talking about with the 20 point differentiating. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be touchdown for touchdown going back and I forth. I, re- I really do think it's going to be like I that. I think it's electrifying. And you, of course, do not because you're <laughs> I hate her back there. Why am I not surprised? I'd be I'd be more surprised if the Packers score in the 30s than if they score less than 10. I will okay. say that the line right now in the game, I think, is, surprised if both is seven and a half points. The Packers are, are um, underdogs, so they're getting seven and a half points. To me, that's, that's incorrect. Uh, you've got a more experienced quarterback, <laughs> and to me, the two teams just aren't that far apart. I know the Packers have been shit on all year pretty much um as a paper tiger but look they're one they're one win away from another super bowl appearance for aaron Rodgers, and i like i wonder if he has one more vintage performance under his belt jimmy garoppolo could come out and lay an egg here i mean he really could like it's it's well within his realm of possibilities and i know the niners defense is legit but I've seen Aaron Rodgers go up against legit defenses before. Matt, down, you did a yeah. deep deep dive how he's not the same Aaron Rodgers. We're going to find out what Aaron Rodgers we have come this weekend. I mean, I think just as much as the quarterback matchup is intriguing, the head coaching matchup has got to be just as intriguing. I mm-hmm. mean, two young head coaches, two new styles of offense, two new regimes taking over from old regimes and, and bringing them to new heights. One's in their third year, one's in their first year, directly opposes Matt LaFleur does what Mike McCarthy did in his tenure and his and his tenure with the Packers. It's Jules Crush. Do you have the hots for LaFleur? Really? Smoke, man. He Dude, he's like five so... feet tall. I don't give a damn. <laughs> oh my god. You have got Let's you go have things for like short guys. Yeah. We've got Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. They're all like sh- somewhat resembling each other. They, they, they got they like dark they, hair, they, dark eyes at me. Up. Oh, they they <laughs> definitely <laughs> have similarities. I think I think I have a. You, know, you got a type? I got a thing. But uh, then, but then you throw. Bad Chris, bitches are the only thing I like. But then you throw Chris Brown in there, and then it just it does. Yeah, we just, you know, he'd just be fun. He's a dancing <laughs> bitch. Like, why not? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we always fork off at some point in the show to throw something like this in there. Just had, you start just talking about there. the weird guys you think are hot, and yeah. I don't know, it intrigues me. I mean, he's um, hot, he's hot in terms of his record. But like, it, it, for real. Jake. <laughs> For real, though, LaFleur did point out in a press conference that uh, their embarrassing loss to the, the 49ers in prior in the season, um, he said, hey, look, that was a long time ago. We're a new team, and uh, we're ready to go. We're I going mean, in. I mean, let's 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 take a look at that, that Week 12 matchup where the Packers did get the doors absolutely blown off of them <laughs> yes, on national TV. So you, you have, to, have to remember that. But a lot of things happen. In that week twelve matchup, that I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna see again. DJ Jones had two tackles for a loss, three QB pressures against Green Bay, but is now out for the season. They don't have him anymore. So it's a huge wrench. I mean, the 49ers defense, I think, has been fine without him, but they don't have. Armstead's been unreal. Un- that, yeah, unreal. Their line is so sick. I mean, and. Richard Sherman in the back half of the season mm-hmm. has emerged as maybe the best cornerback in the NFL. Can, again. We, can, we, can we take a, a very quick sidebar? Richard Sherman and his contract situation. Like, I don't understand why he is boasting to the media. Oh, you guys said, like, I was wrong for negotiating my own contract. Look how good I played and I got all these incentives. Yeah, you probably would have gotten more money if someone else negotiated your contract. Richard. I don't know, man. He was coming off with a, t- a torn Achilles at 30 years old. I'm just saying, like, 
I understand that he got these incentives. He ends up making $13 million. Why can't you just let the guy be happy that he negotiated for I never himself. liked Richard Sherman. I That's know, probably like, why. Damn. But I think it's a little foolish. He should probably not do that again now coming off a near-all-pro season. that's happy with how much money you're getting paid, that means you negotiated your contract correctly. Yeah. All it's right, it's relative. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for saying that. Right, put this, put this guy in his place real quick. Whatever. But back, back to the Week Twelve matchup. Rogers threw 15 patches to each side of the field. Wasn't afraid of Sherman. We know that Sherman, you know, is, is all around the football field. It's not like Rogers is favoring one side. It's not like he's staying away from Richard Sherman. If anything, Rogers might be that kind of little douchebag, little pop his asshole to test Richard Sherman and, and, uh, and might go out. Even at this age, it's probably. Not not the best thing to I do mean, there. Last last game, 20 for 30, 104, yard, 104 yards and a lost fumble. So didn't throw a touchdown in that game. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think Aaron Rodgers does put it in the end zone. Kittle had a monster game against the Packers in Week 12. Six six receptions, 190 yards, and a TD. Niners shut down the uh, had shut down defense all second half. There's just a lot of things at play here. I'm not I'm not sure if we get. I'm saying all this to say it's not going to be the same game as Week 12. We're going to get a different game. Right, and I think it'll be predicated on the run game. Uh, when you have an inexperienced quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's probably smart. Even if they like the Niners are are, are fit to run the ball, like that's mm-hmm. kind of what they like to do. Even if you weren't against this Packers team that's probably the smart game plan um a lot of teams have been able to get to the packers by running the football but i mean you 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 work that strong formation work kittle on play action i i don't know it's going to be a tough game for the packers but they're a live dog jake i i have a very personal question for you directly no you're going to enjoy this and i'm going to let you vent a little bit this actually has nothing to do with the upcoming game it had to do with the game we just witnessed in lambo what were your immediate thoughts when Clowney got hurt uh in Green Bay that night because Look, I don't I don't root for anyone to get hurt. I wasn't Neither do I but I'm like come on say, dude. He, he ringed somebody out again. This guy's nuts. Uh, no, I He's hate you. I don't like Jadavian Clowney, but I wasn't happy he was got hurt. What I was happy about is Josina Anderson was the first person to report about Clowney getting hurt and every single comment under the tweet was always something with this guy Josina. I hear you. The same thing that she said to Tory Holt when mm. Wentz got hurt. <laughs> I took my I took my laughs in that um I don't I don't, I don't right, really you don't wish anything people. bad upon people, but at the same time, the worst I would do he's is, digging I himself a hole. I didn't feel sorry for him. Right. Right. I, I, root, I root for Clowney is to have a yingling thrown on top of his head at the Eagles Stadium, which I almost did, but that's neither here nor there. We're all quiet because we... I, you, we won't have the balls to do that. You wouldn't have the balls to do that. <laughs> I don't want to perpetuate. I get banned from the link for life. <laughs> Especially, right, my family has season tickets. It would be a huge L if, like, I did that and got kicked out for life. Dog, I, I know, wanted to I do know it. Your, I know your pop. I know your dad. My dad said that if he was closer, he would have done it. He's also <laughs> right. And if you would have thrown, if you would have thrown it and connected, hit target on Cloudy's head, your pop would have been so happy. You probably would have been so proud. The proudest moment of, of his life. <laughs> for me, of course, but whatever. Oh, man. Screw <laughs> David clown ball, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's go round table before we move on. Who do we think the uh, the Super Bowl game is going to be? Who's going to it going to consist of this? I year? mean, I'm I'm one. The Chiefs is Chiefs Titans for me is easy. I'm just picking Chiefs are the better team. They're the more high powered offense. I think that's going to win out for the Packers Niners. I think the Packers have improved enough to level the playing field a little bit to where it comes down to who's the better quarterback in the playoffs. I think the better quarterback right now is Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to go Packers. Packers win is going to be Chief Packers Super Bowl, which hmm. will be a very interesting Super Bowl. I think. If I had to, I mean, if I'm just picking straight up, I'm taking the two home teams, uh, Chiefs and Niners. They've been the better teams uh, comparatively all year. But if I'm looking at it, here's your Jake Galley lock of the episode. Okay. If you're looking to bet this weekend, you take uh, the Chiefs with uh, with the points and the over, and then you take the Niners and the under. That was not the question. Answer the question. Chiefs Niners. Okay, thank you. That's all you just like beat around the boat. That's all you had to say. Chiefs Niners. The Titans have a better chance of winning than the Packers. Dude, who do you think is gonna go to the Super Bowl? Was my damn question. I'm gonna throw a block of cheese at your head. First of all, the the betting line's literally the same. So Vegas thinks each team, the Chiefs are just. I don't give a damn what Vegas thinks. What what is that? Vegas is almost always right. I'm just saying. I'm just. Y'all made this so difficult. She asked who is gonna be in the Super Bowl. Who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Forget I even asked. Thank you. Move on. 
move on. Who do you Holy think? Shit. <laughs> going James, I, I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be not only do I think it's going to be the Pack and the Chiefs. I think I'm hoping it's going to be the Pack and the Chiefs because I think it would it would be a very interesting game to oh, watch. Packers fan, I hope the Titans win. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. It's not about who she hopes wins, man. I, I want it to be an. I, I want a challenge. Yeah, and I want to be the best. I be the best. best. I don't, know. don't let him get in your head, Jewel. Don't let him get if in your head. If I'm the Packers, I don't want to see the Titans. Your ass hasn't gotten in my head all fucking season, so it's not getting in my head now. <laughs> there we go. All right, before we move on to mailbag, uh, obviously on Monday night, Tigers versus Tigers, and the Tigers won, shockingly. Uh, Matt's beloved Clemson finally falls. Trevor Lawrence, the run comes to an end. Matt, what's your reaction to all of that? Not going to lie, it hurt. It, it, it was a tough night on Monday, especially watching everyone be really happy because LSU is admittedly a really fun and exciting team. Uh, at least when we lost to Bama, like people were also mad with me. So, um, But it's one of the better ways to lose when you just get outplayed and the team's clearly better. What was really disappointing, though, is that Lawrence just didn't have his A game, and he had been sharp in every big game he had ever played, and he just didn't have it. And... But even if we played perfect, it would have taken a lot for the for Clemson to win. LSU wins that game eight times out of ten. Uh, they're the two, only two 15-0 teams ever. Last year's Clemson, this year's LSU. Uh, if you're going to get dethroned and have a long winning streak, and it might as well be done by an historically great offense and quarterback. All right, time to move on to our mailbag segment. Uh, for those of you who submitted an entry this week, we thank you much, and if you'd like to input for next week, please do on our Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we'll put you on the show. Uh, first one, we're going to kick it off with Chase Barron. All right, let's see what Chase had to say. What's up, guys? Chase Barron here. My question is, what do you think is the most iconic sound in sports? You got the swish of a three-point shot, the crack of a baseball bat, the roar of a soccer crowd or maybe the Hispanic uh, soccer announcers screaming goal for 30 seconds, stuff like that. What do you think? Very specific. Very specific. <laughs> um, I, was, I was really like gung-ho for a basket, like a clean, like nothing but net Jacun. shot until he said the Spanish soccer Thank announcer. Thank you for specifying. Yeah, <laughs> saying, saying goal for 30 seconds. That's a, that's a really like funny and iconic sound. It's funny. But if, if I don't have to answer, I'm, like, I'm going to have to go like the, the clean sound of like a, a nothing but net swish when a ball's like perfectly rotated and the net like snapped like sk- that happens like it's nothing like it. I don't know because when you think about like playoff baseball like I'll never forget I think I forget I, <laughs> I say I never forget I, I, I forget really. which game it was in against the Cardinals Ryan Howard had a huge game home one. home game run one, yeah. and the sound off the like bat followed feet. by like this you knew there's some balls that when they get hit you just know they're gone I'd say like of a no doubt home run ball is just the best like feeling when it's your team so that's what I go that's a good question though mm-hmm. good job Chase Underrated is the absence of sound when you beat a rival on the road and they're just shut up and just are horrified and uh, you're gleefully happy. Derek, Derek, I one. remember Derek Jeter saying the one thing, the best the best sound he's ever heard is the quieting of a of a, an away crowd when they're cheering and then they go silent. That's very true. Julie, you got one? I think there's a specific moment when somebody's taking a penalty kick in soccer. I'm just going to equate that to what he was saying with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Hispanics, maybe it's the Guatemala. <laughs> I don't know who the, whoever you want to... Whatever ethnicity you're cheering for out there, uh, or uh, team, I think there's a certain pause and skip of a heartbeat when you're waiting to see what ends up happening at the end of that kick. And I think the suspense just filters into the sound of either getting the goal at the end of it. There's or, a sound to it. I know exactly uh, or, what you mean. Or the goalie stopping it, one yeah. or the other. There's, so there's definitely a sound. It's very suspenseful, yeah. and I enjoy that. Moving on, next we have Jimmy Wilhelm. Uh, what's up, Jake? This is Jimmy from Phoenixville. I was just asking if you think the Jim Dick is nature or nurture. Um, personally, I think it's nature, but I also don't want to evolve into it so could he it could go either way you know what I, I, it's nurture it's nurture it couldn't be me um all right <laughs> 
I cut that one short a little bit. Jimmy is referring to uh, old I men. I know what he was referring in to. In the locker room. They're just walking around just naked as shit in the it's locker like room. It's like a gym. Jimmy, <laughs> let me ask you this question. Why does it when everyone, when one of your friends sends a mailbag, we're talking about someone's dick? Like, why Why is it always your friends got to have dicks in their mailbags? Why are we doing that? Why not? It's funny. It's not. <laughs> I don't talk about funny, it. I think, I think that it is a, uh, like, old person mentality. Like, I, don't, I personally, like, I'm never going to just be walking around, like, I get, like, if you're getting changed, that's one thing. Like, getting changed, I'm naked in the locker room, like, whatever, gotta, can't, can't get around it. If you're just, like, strolling around, like, just washing your hands, and I'm walking around, like, old men do this shit all the time at the YMCA, and it's drawling, okay? And it comes from them coming from the Great Depression, and obviously not having, hey, no, it I, know, I, made, I made that up, but I, I think it's an old person thing. I don't think this generation will be freeballing it. That's a different meaning, Joel. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I've been in some sports locker rooms, you know, some some of my teams, especially on road trips, spend a lot of time. That's different. Together. I mean, like a public gym locker room. No, it is. It's, it's Nature never... or nurture? Nurture meaning it's like it's the only their generation. Nature meaning once you get to that age, you just do it. I think it's nature. I think it's no. Nature. I, think I want it to be nature. I think I think because you stop caring. You stop caring. Yeah, that's a good point. Old uh, people don't give a they shit. They don't care. They've done everything in their life. What you think is not going to affect me. I've been through too much already. This is what happens. There's just too many thoughts going in my head right now. So we're going to move on. Thank you, uh, Greg. Greg Barron, our producer. Greg, what's going on, man? This is from Greg. Next, he's got one. Let's hear what the man's got to say. What's happening, Straight Facts? Greg here from the First State Studios. You know I love the show. Question for you. How much do the Eagles have an advantage in 2020 after the dumpster fire that was the NFC East in 2019 with them being the only team with a head coach that coached that team in the previous year? That's a great question. It's a good one. That's right. a great and honestly, uh, it's funny because the clapper, Jason Garrett, might be staying in the NFC. So a lot happening there. But I, I truly think the Eagles are uh, like like one or two moves away. Receiver, they were supposed to be before all the injuries happened. A lot of really smart people were picking the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. You have the quarterback. You have most of the defense. I'd like to see them keep Malcolm Jenkins, and we'll probably have our guy Dave Spadaro back on to talk about that. Offensive coordinator's gone. Right, new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. You might get so one back I, after DeFilippo got, got let go. You never go. know what, what, what can happen in the NFL, but I like the Eagles to win. A huge advantage. They're the only team in the division that doesn't have to start over. It doesn't have to start from square one. It's, it's like they're running a race, and everybody else has sandbags tied around their ankles. Like They're the only team who won't have to, you know, you know, who won't have to start from scratch. So I, I think it's a huge advantage to the Eagles. We'll see what they do with it. All right, these next two are from Twitter DMs. Our first is from Edwin. This is his question. There's no hard data that mobile quarterbacks are more prone to injury. However, there is data showing pocket passers are just as prone to injury as their counterpart. Hot takey enough? It is hot takey because, I mean, you're, you're it, I, I think it's, it's one of those – like facts that just aren't proven with data that when you're a quarterback and you go outside the pocket, you're more susceptible to hits. You're, you become a runner now. So you're definitely more prone to injury. But I think there's an art to being a mobile quarterback. Yes, you're more prone to injury, but there's way more reward than I think there is risk if, you, if you're smart and you learn how to run out the pocket well. The perfect mobile quarterback is Russell Wilson. He yeah. never takes a hit, Absolutely. ever. But... I mean, I get that there's no hard data over, you know, quarterbacks who run more than other quarterbacks, but there is something to be considered that the hit that Carson Wentz took and and those types of hits, quarterbacks don't take when they're in the pocket. Mm -hmm. They get other injuries. Maybe you get a, you know, Tom Brady tore his ACL from in the pocket. You probably get get ribbed Stuff like that. That happens for sure, but you don't get the head injuries uh, like mobile quarterbacks do. And to me, that's what derails a career more than anything and you're, else. As a quarterback, you're groomed to be inside that pocket. So when a hit comes, you've learned over your years either how to fall right, how to avoid it, how to sidestep it, or how to make it hurt less. When you're outside, that's not your territory anymore. Unless you're a Lamar Jackson, a Russell Wilson, a freak athlete who plays the quarterback position, but 90% of quarterbacks, that's your territory is not out there. You're in other, you're in foreign territory. Now right. you're in other people's habitats. And they're trying to kill and you. And they're trying to hurt you. Yeah. So like you're much more susceptible. Sorry, Edwin, that's a hot take. Uh, I do want to give uh, creds to Edwin and I give you his Twitter handle. It is at FFStudentDoc. That's F-F-S-T-U-D-E-N-T-D-O-C. If you yes, want to sir. hit Edwin up, Shout out please Ed. do so. Um, moving on to, 
And you know, I said the Edwin thing because I was trying to be fair. I, I shout out to Ansel because I really love your Twitter handle. It's Ansel No Gretel. Yes, sir. <laughs> shout out to my man Ansel Jackson. Actually, is a host of TNT Hoops podcast, also on Spotify and Twitter. Yeah, go a check them out. Big oh, supporter of us, so we're a big supporter again of, of them. Go check All them right, out. All right. So a- Ansel's question is this. Worst elite star coach duo in the NBA. That's a tough one. That's Being a tough one. I think? watch them every night. They're playing right <laughs> now. Ben and <laughs> Brett really are so like freaking water and oil. They don't mix, man. Yeah. I think it's it's a couple factors. Um, ben doesn't respect Brett. I have a feeling. Brett openly asked him to shoot three pointers, and Ben has not done so. Not shot. I don't. I don't think he shot a single three pointer. He wanted him to shoot one per game. Um, look, Brett Brown is not the cause of the Sixers' problems. I can't discernibly say that. But what I can discernibly say is that he doesn't have the answers, and maybe someone else do, does at the end of the year. We'll see what they do, and that's going to determine if he has a job or not. But I don't know. Mine, mine is is. A weird answer because I'm gonna say that the duo and I love I mean a lot like your duo they've had a lot of success but there's a strict cap to it and that's James Harden and Mike D'Antoni mm. for the reason of and Mike D'Antoni has no way of <laughs> telling James Harden your game needs to go from this level to the next level by fixing a B and C in your game and even worse, he enables and encourages those right, holes system, by yeah. not by not coaching them in a system, by letting them just do whatever he wants in the offense. James Harden last night had 41 points and missed 24 shots from the field. The rest of the Rocket starters combined missed or took 27 total I, shots. I think it's funny you say that because there's an argument to be made that D'Antoni made Harden into what he is today. He did. He did, which is, to me, in the same breath, in the same argument. You are the reason that James Harden and the Rockets have a specific cap. That kind of offense does not win in the playoffs. I don't think it will win in the playoffs. And as long as they have this little false success they have in the regular season, that's going to be their cap. So that's my answer is James Harden and Mike D'Antoni. I think they could have won in the playoffs, but their window's gone. Because they came so Yeah, once you go over 27, it's over. What happened before over 27 is Chris Paul got hurt. That's why. That's why. Chris Paul stays healthy. We're in the finals. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Head into the countdown, guys. Number five. The amount of teams since 1990 to advance to a championship game after winning four or fewer games the previous year, the most recent being the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's, we talked about how quick the turnaround was for the 49ers this year. They went from the number two overall pick to the NFC Championship game. That's insane. Um, so we're going to see huge shout-out to Kyle Shanahan, huge shout-out to Jim Garoppolo from coming back from ACL tear and balling out, huge shout-out to Richard Sherman coming back from ACL tear or an Achilles tear and balling out. I mean, huge props to the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. Number four. The number of national championships LSU has, sorry, Matt, and LSU now has uh, after beating Clemson on Monday night. Uh, and I think you were right in your little in your reaction that you had. Um, I, I think it's a, it's not a hard pill to swallow when you just get beat by not only a superior team, but we may have just watched the best college football single season of all time. We watched the best quarterback single season of all time. We might have just watched the best, you know, single season performance by a team. 1995 Nebraska, no one will touch it. Yeah, whatever. There you go. We'll whatever. leave that. I'm not even going to go and Google that myself. That'll be, a, that'll be a hidden gem. I'll, yeah, I'll, show, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Number three. The number of UFC cards Conor McGregor has headlined in his career. He will be in the main event Saturday night against Donald Cerrone at UFC 246. I'm a huge fan. Um, haven't always been a huge fan of Conor McGregor, but I really? think... Really? You're a Conor McGregor fan? I love Conor McGregor. I am now. I am now because he's... The same guy who punched an old man, the same guy who threw a chair through a bus, the same guy who was making racial slurs to... He's entertaining. To beam. Num- number one. That's entertaining? No, not the last one, obviously. Number but the one. Other- he praised LeBron James on he the did. way that he, he did do that. <laughs> keeps he, up his he, body. Got, he got he got some points, points for that. He but also, I, I don't really like uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. I believe is the way you pronounce his I'm last name. Very impressed. He's that. the one who took the uh, title away from Conor initially. Very good fighter. I just mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. So. Connor runs me the wrong way sometimes, but you know that's here neither here nor well, there. Now about that black Irish. I mean, I'm not not nothing to do with his. It's just the way he carries himself. Like, he's mad, very pompous. But yeah. he's changed a little bit. He's not pompous as much now, which is why I like him a little. Stop bit. Stop drinking. That's what he said. So okay, we'll see. Oh, I love him. 
<laughs> number two. The number of 9-7 and seven teams that have made the Super Bowl, that's the 1979 Rams, and of course the 2011 Giants, the famous Giants. The Titans have a chance to be the third team. We've talked about it at length in this episode. I'm, I don't think that they do, but if they do become that third team, we have to look at it as one of the greatest Super Bowl runs of all time. Got, it, got to, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. They're, they've been unreal. But mm-hmm. shout out to Stat Matt. As I said before, the 9-7 and seven Titans match champion. Mm-hmm. I think, was he the only one that out of all yeah, of us that got, like... Yeah, 100%. 9-7, too. <laughs> nine and seven. That's so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Bring it down to number one. Number of times Clemson basketball, hey, has won in Chapel Hill. They were 0-59 in Chapel Hill before winning on Saturday. Matt, basketball school now? They beat Duke last night, too. Basketball yeah, man. School. That's, that's back-to-back right. wins. That makes you, feel, makes you feel a little bit better about, about money. Do you follow no, Clemson really. basketball? Not as I'm a West Virginia basketball fan, but I like Clemson basketball still. Uh, I we went go. to West Virginia for a year. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very true. So you just pick and choose. You know, the, right. Why not? You're not a Geno Smith guy? You weren't a, you weren't a Geno Smith guy when you When were I went to West Virginia for a year, they went 4-8. Who was their quarterback? Pat Millar. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. They, cr- they had Sims as a running back who played for the Bucks. Right, yeah, Charles, Charles Sims. Sims. They didn't have – Will Greer wasn't there yet? Who? Will Greer wasn't there? No. Not there? They need, uh, and Clint Trickett was played, too. Oh, gotcha. Well, we're almost out of time, but we can get some shots about the buzzer. Julie, have anything to say at the buzzer? I do. Uh, something popped up on my timeline this week that I thought was very cool. Um, as part of the Villanova Men's Basketball Association this year, they will be retiring uh, hometown homie, Ryan Arch, uh, mm-hmm. from Bucks County, as well as Kyle Lowry. Um, Your I believe 212 versus Marquette is going to be Ryan's, and uh, Kyle's is going to be 226 versus St. John's. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. At one, I think it's weird that Kyle Lowry is just now getting his jersey retired. It's been right. a long time. And yeah, Ryan Arch hasn't, I mean, Ryan Arch has the college accolades, but it hasn't done a quarter of the thing yeah, yeah. that Kyle Lowry has done in the NBA. But I mean, I'm not going to hold any bar against them. They both deserve to have their jerseys in the Raptors at Nova. So that's really cool. Uh, Jake, you have anything to say at the buzzer? Yeah. Uh, only thing I have to say is free DeAndre Ayton. What's going on in Phoenix right now is a, a front to DeAndre Ayton, who is the number one pick. He was also the number one pick in my fantasy league uh, for our rookie draft, and he's currently on my team, and he should be scoring more. But, you know, how can you get away from those Tyler Johnson, Cam Johnson pick and rolls, right, when you have DeAndre Ayton, who's 10 for 13 shooting on the night and dominating on the glass? How, why would you feed that guy? Ridiculous, Monty Williams, unreal. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's Puma fam, so I always want to see Puma fam succeed. That's right. Say I'm right. No. <laughs> <laughs> you would never. I don't know, man. I think you're a little too hard on DeAndre Ayton. But no, I like DeAndre. I just don't like the scheme they have. That that's very true. Uh, all I have to say at the buzzer is I don't know if you guys saw, but the WNBA just had a new collective bargaining agreement, a new CBA uh, that came out with a bunch of you know new modifications <laughs> to how the league is already built and structured, and you know ha- had some had some great improvements. One being that now the max salary can be 500k for a single player. Yes. I know if you're comparing that to the NBA, it looks like chump change. But from where they came to where they are now. It's like 125 before. Was that the article with Diana Taurasi on it? Yeah, I think yep, I read that yep, this yep, week. Yep. It, it was that. Um, they they did now implement an in-season tournament, um, a Players' Cup, which I know the NBA is talking about. So we'll see if the NBA now is more likely to move towards it. Now the WNBA has done it. Um, just more exposure, uh, more you know, more improvements for you know a league who's trying to get towards equal play and equal exposure. So it's very good for them. And look, what you know, whether you like the WNBA or not, these are professionals. These are these are people who have ESPN contracts, who are in major market cities, who deserve to be paid more than they're paid right now. And you always got to remember that you know, demand is what's going to determine market values. What's going to determine how much people get paid. So if we really want to see these women get paid more, just like what we talked about with the Women's World Cup way back when, it's up to the people um, to consume, and it's up to the WNBA to put out a product that makes people want to consume. So looks like it's trending in the right way, and I'm glad that it is. But that's all the time we have for this episode. It was a great one. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt Robinson, always tearing it up behind the camera for my partner, Jewel Schmitz. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. To my main man's Jake Galley. These have been the facts. Straight up.